Hello and welcome to Talkin' Trades, the weekly podcast where we talk about comics so you don't have to. I'm Jeremy, I'm a DC fan, and my least hated in human is Lockjaw. And I'm John, I'm a Marvel nut, and my least hated in human is Medusa. Just kidding. Come on, Connor. Welcome to Talkin' Trades. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to be here. John, why are we talking about the Inhumans? Talking about the Inhumans because they got a show coming out. Yes, they do. We're Trailer talk, dropped. We'll talk about that in the This Week in Geek. So Lockjaw. Lockjaw is the best Inhuman because he's so darn cute. And he's a dog. And, and he's a dog and he's so <laughs> lovable and I love him. He looks so great in the trailer. He's just a big English bulldog. And I'm, super into, I'm super into it because I love English bulldogs and I love Lockjaw. I know nothing about the character. Nothing. He's a cute dog. <laughs> uh, I think he's a person trapped in a dog's body who can teleport. I don't know. Yeah, it's more than I know. Uh, Inhumans <laughs> suck. Oh, God. We should talk more about the Inhumans sucking. We're not saying, like, they objectively suck. We just can't do it. And I, in fact, do not associate Kamala Khan with Inhumans so much that I forgot about it for the opening. Right. So, hey. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Inhumans, that's, just, that's purely subjective on our part. Yeah. We don't like the Inhumans. This show looks interesting, though. You know, I'm gonna watch that. We should talk about it in this week in geek. This week in geek. This week in geek, John. Let's talk about the Inhuman show. Let's just get right to it. <laughs> we saw the trailer drop for the first uh, for the first like little bit of it, and we found out some information. Number one, Ramsey Bolton's in it. Yeah, he's Maximus. That's who he is. That's who he is. I That's all I know. I, I know Maximus solely from a uh, game I have. That's straight up he, it. What game? Uh, Legendary. Oh! Good. He has a deck in that. That'd be a good transition so. player. <laughs> I know nothing about Maximus. I know nothing about the Inhumans, but um, Ramsey Bolton's playing Maximus, who is uh, Black Bolt's brother, I believe they say. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, they're brothers. Yeah, because it's a royal family. Mm-hmm. And it looks, the show looks kind of interesting. I'll, I'll watch it. It's also short. I was going to say. It's, I want to say 8, it might be like 12, but it's a short run. It's like an Agent Carter. It's not like a full 24 episodes of an hour each. With it's, a chance to a, renew later. Yeah, it's a it's a short I mean, they might renew. Who's to say? But it's starting off smaller? I believe, yeah, it's it's 8 to 12. Almost like a miniseries? I think it's like technically too long to be called a miniseries. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, and it's going to be in IMAX. The first two episodes are doing a special... That's right. Who's still in the IMAX? That's kind of cool. At once, or is it going to be separate weekends? I think say? it's at once. Is it's it, before are the they premiere. just going to drop this and it's gonna, we can binge? No, it? no, they're going to like the first two episodes are going to be a special event you go to the movie for, and then weekly. Okay, okay, that's fine. I mean, it's worked with other shows. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Doctor Who did it, and that was fun. Yeah, still the only episode I've seen this season <laughs> of Doctor <laughs> Who. It's an interesting take on the Inhumans. Looks uh, Medusa still looks stiff. Her like the actress is playing look her. Great. No, here's not look great. No, maybe, <laughs> but you know we've only seen one teaser trailer. Maybe it looks good in other scenes, but probably not. Probably not. Uh, Lockjaw um, looks great. Yeah, he's a big dog. Yeah. He's a pupper and a dog. They could be good. I, I just, I don't. Maybe it's the way they did it on Agents of Shield. I just could not get gripped. I don't know. But it's not. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's just Agents of Shield. I think the comics have not been great. They're a knockoff. They start off as a knockoff X Men. And they've never, Tim, in my opinion, they've never gotten past that. And I think the problem is that Marvel Studios is going, you got to care about this. And I'm like, no, I don't. Right. <laughs> almost, I'm almost just digging my heels in because I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Are, you, are you implying, John, that some comic book fans will do things out of spite? 
Yes. <laughs> I'm, not even sure no, it. I'm not implying it. You're stating as <laughs> yeah. a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of actually looking forward to the Injustice or Inhumans show. Um, what do you got, John? Uh, well, it, we're a bit off, but Captain Marvel, first rumor coming out on that show, is that there will be a familiar face. Show? Not show, I'm sorry, movie. Oh my movie, god, movie, I was movie, like, getting really excited. Movie, movie, movie. The one um, with Brie Larson? Brie Larson, yep. That a familiar face be returning, and not just as a cameo, but as a as an actual character. Can in I the guess script. before you say? Yeah, I even wrote down uh, "returning character" and not the name of anyone, just so Rody. you could guess. No, mm, this is a valid guess. Though. Uh, it's somebody who's in the movies already. Yeah, this person has been in multiple movies. Not Tony Stark. No, uh, Peggy Carter. No, but uh, I don't know how you'd even do that. It could be like a flashback where she like recruits her when Peggy is a little bit older. I don't know. I was it was it was a shot in the dark and I missed. Who I is it? Love it. Is Nick Fury? Oh, of course. That makes more Again, sense. Again, a rumor, not substantiated, cool. but the first piece of news or rumor to come out about that movie yet. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Other than the casting of Brie Larson. Yeah, but that's Is that confirmed? No, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. Absolutely confirmed. I'm looking forward to that. I like Brie Larson. She would be good. I just Hope she puts in a lot of gym time. Yeah, yeah, I think because Carol's Carol's packing some heat. You know what I mean? She's really strong. Um, the comics that I've read, all the comics I've read, uh, she's not bulky. She has what my old no, she's she's very toned. What my what my old hockey coach used to call the go, not the show. Not necessarily the biggest character, but like she's clearly strong. Yeah, and if Brie Larson, I'm sure Marvel's saying, hey, listen, you have a workout regiment because Chris Pratt. Did it, and Brie Larson's in well, shape. Pratt, I think went above and beyond what Marvel wanted. Sure, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. Brie Larson's in shape, so she, all she has to do is tone up a little bit. Yeah. And even it's not, I don't even think it's that hard. She's in good shape. Just tone up a little bit, and then mm-hmm. she'll be great. And uh, hopefully, they do the traditional haircut too. I really. I want thing her to is, cut you don't have short. to do the. Well, yeah, that for sure. I also want the the mask on mohawk. I don't in space. No, I, I don't like the mask. That's so classic. I don't like the mask. Did the male Captain Marvel oh, had the so mask? Good. Is that why she had it? I don't know much about the Captain Marvel, I'm yeah. honest with you. Straight don't. Yeah. I only know about <laughs> the one Captain Marvel, and that's Shazam. He's the one I know more about than anybody. <laughs> he came first. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Captain Marvel. Don't know Jeremy. What you got? Well, stick with the movie news. Um, Wonder Woman just passed $700 million dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> and it just is about to pass Suicide Squad for second all-time, or second uh, worldwide, and it's already passed Suicide Squad domestically. It's already passed every other DC movie uh, domestically. That's amazing. Thank God. So, And to talk about something we talked about last week on the podcast with um, Gal Gadot's contract, Gal Gadot, I keep saying Gadot. She, we, ta- I, we may have talked about it on the show. If we didn't, I'm still going to revisit it. Um, people were. Elle magazine released an article saying that she made three hundred thousand dollars, whereas Henry Cavill and Man of Steel made fourteen million dollars, and that's just not the case. It was not true. Uh, what actually? It was a clickbaity article title. Um, they got them clicks. They did. And what? What the truth is is Henry Cavill's contract to start the movie beforehand was four hundred thousand dollars. Hers was three hundred thousand dollars. The end of it, he made fourteen million with bonuses, with sales numbers, all of that, which is put into 
Right, which is put into a contract to backlog it. Yeah. You you backload a contract for for this kind of movie. And they did the same thing for Wonder Woman. So she's also going to make quite a bit of money. Um, she made less to start, but I think, John, you had a really good point about that, that DC was kind of floundering in their movies in general, and I don't think it was a man versus woman thing. Yeah, it was just a, well, Superman didn't open expectations, uh, Wonder Woman is not as strong a property historically, mm-hmm. sales-wise, whatever you want to do. Uh, at least it was a movie, movie going, because there hasn't... Her first appearance in the movie was the Lego movie, which yep. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so they just kind of would play a little safer. Yes. Probably gave her a heavier backload for a lower start. Probably. Kind of what they did. Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm going off of ho- hockey contracts, and that's what they do with, like, older... Or, like, young players. Yeah. They, give them a, they can give them a cheap starting, and then if you hit your performance bonuses, score this many goals, then your contract will be even bigger later. That seems to me what they did... With Wonder Woman, we don't know that for sure. I'm not Patty. Call us um, the or you can you email us. You, you have, you have the number. email. You have my phone number. Call me, Patty. We can talk about it. But uh, so that's good to hear. Seven hundred million dollars. It's the number one DC domestic movie mm-hmm. in the DCEU, and it is slowly becoming the number one worldwide. It should break it because it should, because the as I point or no <laughs> in I was, our conversation upstairs. Well, I wanted you to yeah. <laughs> I wanted you to mention this. I was going to throw it to you. Um, the the drop off from Wonder Woman is definitely not as steep. It's it's one of the um, how am I going to put this? It, more people are going week after week than the drop off percentage the drop-off in a normal combat comic book movie, like half, right? Yeah, it's, or it's, I think it's sixty percent. Yeah, it's it's significant. So you go. So what that means is, let's say just this is ten people go the first week, four people will go the next week. Traditionally, what Wonder Woman is doing is ten week one, nine week two. Seven. Yeah, it's yeah. the drop off is significantly so lower. So if you look at the amount of time it took B- BVSs in theaters to get to that point, Wonder Woman's been in theaters for it'll be one month. We're recording this on Thursday. It was a month yesterday. So July second. Yeah, July second. Yeah, we're recording on the third today, but yeah, happy, or, happy early Fourth yeah. of July. That was to you, John. Happy early Fourth of July. Oh. <laughs> Um, so July 2nd has been in theaters one month, and it's made $700 million. Yeah. Now, I don't have the numbers. But I will, I will Google it. I'm going to Google what Batman for Superman made in its first month. Suicide Squad, it was still playing when for, Suicide Squad like, came out. in like the fall. Mm-hmm. And that came and out in like it, July, right? Didn't it also have an IMAX re-release? Didn't they like two yeah, months like in? They, like, and then they did really... Send, didn't they also do the ultimate cut in theaters? No, they, oh, no. they didn't do that? That was, okay. a, that was a Blu-ray special. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> But BBS made some money, so it's going to pass it, which For sure. is good. There's no doubt in my mind. Good, good, because I want more Wonder Woman. She's great. John, what do you got? Uh, a lot of Dark Phoenix news. What? A lot of Dark Phoenix news. I'm so surprised. I love her, and she's amazing. And the Legendary set came out. And the Legendary set. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so I play uh, Marvel's deck builder, Legendary. Really fun game if you're into that sort of deck builder, or even tabletop, or just comic book game. And if you're not... It's really great either. It's really yeah, great it's, too. it's super sweet. Um, so like, you build a deck of good guys, then you fight a deck of bad guys, but you pick a specific bad guy who's like that's called the mastermind, like behind everything, like uh, Kingpin, Carnage, like the big dude. So X Men Legendary came out last week. I managed to get a copy. X Men Legendary. X Men Legendary. Dope. Yeah, all X Men all the time. Um, admittedly, I don't know much. It came out last week? Last week. That's really funny, because they just went into the mobile game, too. X-Men just became part of all the... So, oh, that's, like, perfect timing. It's a big push. I didn't even notice. Um. Because, like, I don't play those. (laughs) (laughs) 
So there's, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like, there's a Wolverine and Colossus deck together. What? There's a, Do they have the throw thing? I think that's in there. I, I did it very briefly. I didn't read the rules. Hmm. I don't know how the rules work. But I know that Ultimate has Berserk, 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 whatever that is. Uh, yeah, who's to say? Um, there's a regular Kitty Pride deck. There's oh, it doesn't have a dragon. A lot of other... Yeah, well, it's not Apocalyptic Kitty Pride. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of others. And there's a Phoenix deck. A playable Phoenix deck. Green suit. Not Dark Phoenix. Not Dark Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay. But her ultimate has the Phoenix Force. Uh-oh. And it has Berserk, 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 Berserk. Four Berserks. Four Berserks. Not three. Not three. Four Berserks. Nay, nay. Four. Five is outright. <laughs> and there's a Dark Phoenix Mastermind. So you can... You can play as Phoenix fighting Dark Phoenix? There's even a scheme called the Dark Phoenix Saga. Oh my god. You can you can just straight up play it. And oh I'm so... No. Going to play it? Yes. Can you play with two people? Absolutely. You should have brought it tonight. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. That's true. Well, that's, I mean, you're just rolling in the Dark Phoenix. Man, I, how exciting are you? you how excited are you? How excited are you? <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, I got... This is small news. This is interesting to me. Because um, we're doing your trash, now it's my trash. <laughs> Batman 24 came out a month ago, and, and I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but what's significant about Batman 24 is Bruce Wayne proposes to Selina Kyle, Catwoman, and everyone's like, well, is this going to stick? Are they going to get married? This, this has never happened and before. They, they all amazing. sound like Scooby-Doo after <laughs> Are you going to I did. I was like, it's crazy. And so it's actually going for like $15 right now. On uh, on eBay, that issue, that a, a seems, first printing. It's gonna go down after the reprint. Maybe I don't what, know. A first printing may go up because a first printing of yeah, a but first it's printing like a first of appearance. No, but like there's been there have been books like that where it's it won't go to like it will not go to like um, first appearance levels of numbers, but it could it could hover around twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks sure. for that kind of book would be interesting, especially if it's sure. in good condition. But. What's interesting is they're getting a second printing, or a th- I don't know what printing they're on third or whatever, but it's coming out next week. So you'll be able to get, if you haven't read it already, and you don't want to do it on digital, you can buy a hard copy. And I recommend everyone do it because it's a really good book. It's a self-contained story. that It's an epilogue to the Bane event, and it's a prelude to the next event, and it works perfectly as its own book. That's how they get you. It's really, it's great. <laughs> the, this Batman story is not Zack Snyder's run, but it's really, really good. Is it going to have a different cover? It'll have what I think. What they've been doing is the where it says rebirth is a different color. Exactly. I remember that from the launch. Yeah, because I think I have two runs of rebirth. Because I have one Superman where it's a variant, but then they reprinted it later with the same art but different colored rebirth header. Yep. So people buy it. So just like <laughs> just change the color, and you know what? That's really good for collectors who don't want to worry about getting all first editions if they just want to have the story. Yeah, some people are content with like I have the complete whatever run through whatever mm-hmm. I have this entire arc are they so all first like editions that. no I don't care that's fine yeah. you don't need it and it's cool uh, what do you got John anything uh, more about the phoenix oh my god do I <laughs> uh, so the cast for dark phoenix the movie I'm just gonna list yeah I'm just gonna list the characters but their actors are all returning okay good so we got Magneto we got Professor X good we got Jean Grey obviously we got uh, who played Jean Grey again? What was her name? Um, I'm not doing this be sarcastic. Sylvie Turner. Thank you. Sylvie Turner, otherwise known as Sansa Stark. That's who I know. Where I, was at. I want to say Sansa <laughs> or Sansa. I forget. However you pronounce it. Uh, We're American. Beast. 
Good. Quicksilver. Good. Cyclops. Neat. Nightcrawler. Really? Yeah. Was he in the, th- the last he one? He was in Apocalypse, yeah. Oh, okay, good. Storm. She was Egyptian the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, they are—they appear to be doing a lot of right by the original because they appear to be interested in. This is still rumored, but Jessica Chastain—I don't know much about her—but uh, they're looking at her for the Shi'ar Empress. Which you Gondra. told me that you told me about that. Yeah. Why is that significant, John? That's significant because if anyone remembers the vomit that was X Men Three, The Last Stand. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it just kind of went with its own plot, and then, by the way, here's Dark Phoenix, and then Wolverine kills Dark Phoenix, and it's whatever. Um, but in the the comic, they're the, the Shi'ar is the third act, essentially. Mm-hmm. So it, it's good to see yeah, it don't, there. Yeah, you're not going to tell me what it is, right? No, it's, it's the it's third It's part act. of the Dark Phoenix yeah, side in was, the comics. And it was in no way referenced in anything X-Men on the screen to this that day. Movie's- it's so bad. What's, okay, what's worse? <laughs> X-Men 3 or Spider-Man 3? Uh, ooh, it's a you know what? for the that's ages. A, that's a debate for another time. It's a question for the ages. If, here's the deal. If our next episode gets 40, 50 listens, we will debate that on the next episode. If this episode gets 50 listens, we'll debate that on the next episode. I'll, I promise. Fair. Fair? Fair? Cool. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. <laughs> debate. Worst. Debate piles of Movie. Garbage. 50 listens. All right. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Is that all you got for that? Uh, I got one more, but like... I got... I got... Yeah. I don't know. That's it. Actually. No, um, I, got, I got one more. I got one more. Okay, good, because I have I one... I can't count to four. I have one, one last thing, and then one thing we're going to talk <laughs> about together real fast. Okay. Uh, we saw Power Rangers. We loved it. I have two copies of it on accident, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. It is fine. <laughs> I have a steelbook, and I love steelbooks. We're still looking for that Man of Steel steelbook, people, by the way, if anyone knows anybody. We seriously got no replies. <laughs> Zero. So. <laughs> so, in the opening scene... Spoilers. I like to see the movie. In the opening of that movie, there is... Zed is crawling away from a wreck, and a ship comes over. Rita is crawling away from a wreck, and a ship comes over. No, Zordon. 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 What did I say? Zed. Zed. I said Zed. Zordon is crawling away from a ship. And a th- ship flies over. Now, someone who's seen the movie many times and has the the home copy... Frame-by-frame frame analysis. Seriously. They found <laughs> that that ship is most likely Serpentina, which is Zed's ship. That's so deep lore. I don't even know, man. I... <laughs> if that's the case, that's a Zed reference early. Well, because that corroborates what I know I talked with on the podcast. I talked about on the podcast where Rita was acting on Zed's orders. Mm-hmm. That would corroborate with that story. Yeah. Um, so that'd be really cool. I just that ship is in there so briefly. I don't remember what it looks like. Zed having a ship that was like significant and distinct. Apparently, he did. So meh. Apparently, he I did. could be wrong. I could be a casual. That's fine. I don't care. Power Ranger casual. Yeah, like that. that How old was when the show came back. out though? Oh, when did it come out? I was I'm five. Go like I was five. That would have been ten. So yeah, so you were yeah. old enough that like you didn't have to keep watching, but you did because you loved it. Because it's a good show. I watched. It's it not a good show. Through the first movie and a bit of the ninja stuff. I watched up through Turbo. After the ninja, see, I didn't get to Turbo. Turbo was so bad. I, there was like the the people who were like clockwork. 
that like villain yeah. cast. That's like as far as I got. Yeah, it's pretty far. But apparently the Zed had his chip. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, what's your last piece of news there, John? Last piece of news? Oh, wait. Uh, what's this Pioneer thing? I, I just real th- I think that's neat if they do do that. If it turns out to be nothing, if that guy's wrong, it's still fun. It's fun to speculate on stuff like that. I'm pretty sure it's not nothing because they did say they're planning like five or six movies. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing that, you had to have planted seeds because now comic movies are at a much higher standard. Yep. To where you can't just like introduce something in a movie and end it in a movie, and then introduce something in a movie and end it in a movie. You, you gotta have to plant the seeds and create your universe, which appears to be what Marvel's doing with Spider-Man in Homecoming. There's a ton of villains in it, yep. but I don't think we're even going to get a fight with all of them. They're probably just there to plant the seeds. And if they bear which fruit, they bear perfect. fruit. Alright, go ahead with your last, last thing. Last thing, super quick, but apparently Famke Jansen... Who's that? She played Jean Grey in X-Men 1, 2, 3, and The Wolverine, and Days of Future Past. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know her name. Yeah, she also I just played call her Jean. Xenia Anatop in Goldeneye. Wow. Yeah. Never seen Goldeneye. Only played the game. What? So good. Not, I've only seen. Maybe not, might not be good to like watch as your first time in 2017, but like I I've it. only seen like five James Bond movies, and most of them are Sean Connery movies. He's my Bond. I'm trash. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, um, so she apparently would do anything for the opportunity to play Jean Grey again. They retconned the third movie. <laughs> the third movie no longer counts as according to Days of Future Past. Yep. So... So spoilers, Days of Future Past. But, but like, uh, <laughs> see the movie. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, in the end, there, she's alive. Mm-hmm. And I gasped very hard. You sure did. And, <laughs> and it's played by that actress. Yeah, it's her. So she could, maybe. So, Who knows? Especially because the uh, the movies, this current, the, the new class run, I guess, um, there's ten continuity years between each movie. Wow. First class is 60s. Future passes seventies, and yet Apocalypse they don't age. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the at all, and then uh, the Dark Phoenix is nineties, which also has apparently. I guess I forgot to write this down. Magneto is going to be like a cult leader. I saw that. I didn't want to talk about it yet. Uh, I figured you were going to. Yeah, I think that he's, sounds. I think it's going to be like that's probably going to turn into the Brotherhood. That makes sense. Maybe to me. it is the Brotherhood, like in or, like proto Brotherhood. Maybe. Who's to say? It sounds pretty like possible. Good. That's a good way to plant the seed. Um, yeah, they don't age. <laughs> no, not even kind of. Speaking of universe building, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. We found out some information. This is our last piece of news. Found out some information. There is no Spider-Sense in the Homecoming universe. Yeah, I didn't read this article. I did. The reason behind their decision, right or wrong, the reason behind their decision is they felt that the Sony movies, all five of them, relied too heavily on the Spider-Sense at times, making it almost too powerful. So they're just getting rid of it. Now, John, you brought up a point when we were talking earlier when we were having our 4th of July dinner with hot dogs and hamburgers. So my point was, in Civil War, where Tom Holland's Spider-Man made his debut, uh, in the airport scene, there's a lot going on. But when he's fighting Falcon and Bucky, there's a moment where it appears as though he has Spider-Sense. Where the camera zooms down his face, something's like going to hit him, his eyes widen, and then he ducks out of the way. Mm-hmm. If that's not spider sense, I don't know what it is. Is it spider hearing? He heard the thing moving? Maybe. Like, I don't think that's a... Th- 
pretty sure that's the thing. Maybe the statement was wrong. What they meant was we're going to tone down the spider sense and not have him rely as much on the spider sense. Uh, maybe it was a clickbait article title that I didn't read. The, didn't read deep enough into also, the article. Also, spider sense. First of all, very op. Oh yeah, very op. Very. So like, I understand it, but in my opinion, you've already had it in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It sure looks like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You, I don't know how they're going this, to explain that. Lose powers. I don't know how they're going to explain that. Maybe they just won't. Maybe they'll just say, you know, what we messed up. Oh well, we're sorry. We're not going to. We're not going to have it anymore. Because people goof. It happens. No one's yeah. perfect, hundred percent of the time. Well, and like, it also could be a director's choice from that. Who directed those the Civil War movie? Uh, Russo brothers. Maybe the Russo brothers were like, we want the scene. We just won't mention that it's Spider Sense, but like, we want to do it. And no one told them no because they didn't think about cutting yeah, out Spider Sense. Like, he didn't say, "Oh, my Spider Sense is tingling" or anything. Right. It was just it. To me, huge Spider Man fan looked very apparent that it was Spider Sense. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. Maybe it was just one of those where it's two directors having different con- or a director and then somebody else having different continuity in their mind. But no one told the Russo brothers at the time. They didn't have the thought yet. I don't know. I'm a little bummed to see the Spider-Sense go, but if... But at the same time, this movie's getting rave reviews. So it's so probably like, fine. Maybe that's I'll... what it takes to get an amazing... Like, to get a Spider-Man movie that is very good. You were going to say an amazing I, Spider-Man I, movie, I was, I'm like, we had two of those. Yes, we did. Um, <laughs> yes, we did. You're looking for a spectacular Spider-Man movie. A superior, a superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man movie. movie. Yeah. That's the one. So yeah, I, I, I I'm just excited for the for the darn movie to come out soon, and uh, if Spy- like you said, if it's done well, who cares? Maybe he gets it later. Maybe he gets it in Spider Man Four. Maybe he has to hone it. Maybe that was a one time thing. Like I who's know. to say? We I haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> I will within a week. We will find out eventually. But with all of that, uh, do you have any more news, John? No, I got nothing. Same here. Let's get into the pull list. This week on The Pullist, we read Kingdom Come, written by Mark Wade and Alex Ross, and illustrated by Alex Ross. Jeremy? Let's just, let's just get right down to the nitty-gritty. It's the best. It's so good. <laughs> it's just a, it's a, perf- it's a masterpiece. It's a wonderful book. Uh, every page just has beautiful pictures. There's not a bad picture on any of these pages. John, this is your first time reading. This is my second or third this is my second comic book reading, fourth total listen to, or t- total, like, in, in inhalation. I've done the audiobook, the, re- the novel, and then read the, read the comic twice. I really like it. So you're a fan. Yeah, so I know I like it. What did you think? I thought it was really good. I didn't quite know what I was in for. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the big didn't, thing with DC. Didn't expect uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Bible talk. Which is fine. Just there's didn't expect it. There's a lot of it. I should have anticipated with the title of Kingdom Come that that was a possibility. Anything can happen. It's comics. But that's <laughs> this, not a negative. No, this is... What's interesting about this is it's one of those... Marvel wouldn't do this too often. Marvel would not do this. Where they have just... It's, it's own, this is its own universe. Yeah. The Kingdom Come universe is its own thing. It does not relate to anything else. Marvel is very sparing with their own universes, as far as actual full stories. Because Spider Verse, you saw a ton of universes, but there was just like single panel. Like, sure. what if Civil War was still going on? That universe. Like, yeah. what if the 
but it wasn't like its own story. You almost never get that in Marvel nowadays. This is a one whole universe mm-hmm. of its own, or this one whole story of its own universe. Um, DC's huge at that. The multiverse is like their big selling point. Is you can read a story where Batman's a vampire, where Batman's a, a lot of Batman, <laughs> a lot of Batman. See, when Cap becomes a werewolf, it's just straight up regular type. It's happening in six sixteen, yeah, right. Which is interesting. It's different, you know. This is cool because Alex Ross and Mark Wade come in. They're like, "We're going to do this." I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it's not going to pertain to anything else. We said cool. Like, just write the, write the book. No one cares. Write whatever you want. Like, people will read it and we'll sell it. It'll you be its own the universe. Words you make with the pictures. Do it. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, it's great. But let's just get into a little bit of the story. So the story of Kingdom Come revolves around one man, essentially. And his name Pastor is... Pastor McCollum? Is it McCollum or It's a good question. Wesley, I know Wesley Dodds is the Sandman. He's the one who dies at the beginning of the book. Let's see. You know what? We should be more prepared. Well, you know what? I am. I have a whole list of characters right here. Norman McKay. <laughs> Norman McKay. McKay, we're both wrong. We were hey. both wrong. The only reason I was confused about McCollum is because that's a guy's name in the Dark Tower. McCollum? And I was like, that's not right. I didn't remember that. Norman McKay. Pastor Norman McKay. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, him and the Sandman are friends. And the Sandman, what, did you know who that was? No. Of course not. Because I didn't either. He's from like the 50s. He's one of the very first superheroes. He was... His power was he could see things before they happened, like bank robberies and stuff, and then he'd go in and stop them before they happened. And he was the same man. And he would put people to sleep instead of hurting, killing them, and then they'd be arrested. That's his power. And he's seeing visions when he passes away. Is it the same character Neil Gaiman? No. Right? No? Entirely different? Okay. Entirely different. This is the this Sandman's from the 50s. That Sandman... Well, you know what? I haven't read that in Sandman. But I just know that this particular one they're talking about is the one from the 50s, the, like the golden age of comics. Sure, okay. A lot of the characters here are the golden age characters. Like Flash is Jay Garrick. Garrick, yeah. It's not, not Barry. Uh, and the, uh, the Alex Ross's art style does a lot to play into that. It kind of has just a nostalgic like lens mm-hmm. through all the artistry, which I thought was really really a, a very, very good touch for for this stylistically what they were what they were doing with this. Fun fact... Norman McKay, the pastor, modeled after Alex Ross's own father. Interesting. He took him, like, whisker for whisker on his beard and drew him. He's at the end of the book. You can see him. And it's his dad. He said Because he said his dad was always, like, looking out for him, like much like Norman McKay does. And what is special about Norman is he is given... Dodds gives him the ability to see the visions that he was seeing. Because he's seeing these horrible... Apocalyptic. That's a good word for it. He's telling Pastor McKay... Listen, this is going to happen. And he quotes, straight up quotes Genesis. No, Revelation. Is it Revelations? My Revelations. Bad. My bad. I probably shouldn't mess with the kid who went to Catholic school for <laughs> 20 years. He's quoting Revelations. And he's talking about this Which doom. Which is the book doom. of the end days. Where everything is... I didn't know that. Dying in the, yeah, it's, it's In the, whole thing. the Old Testament, right? New Testament. It's, new. it's, it's the Revelations to John. Okay. And John is <laughs> John is one of the disciples, correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. Neat. So he's quoting that, and then Wesley Dodds dies. Sandman dies. And then Norman is just kind of putzing around, remembering all the nice stuff about his friend. But then he sees the superheroes. And what's interesting about the superheroes of now is they're, they're a little different. Yeah, they're incredibly commonplace. There's a ton of them. 
and they basically fight to fight because they enjoy it. They're powerful. They can. Who's mm-hmm. going to stop them? So they do it all the time. But also, they've become very popular, as you see by a location, a recurring location in this comic called Planet Krypton, which is essentially Planet Hollywood, mm-hmm. where all the all the the, the staff all dresses up as superheroes, like Green Lantern's the uh, host. Host, that's what it is. Like, not the server, the host. There's, like, Robin as a server later. Like, you get... Carrie Kelly's Robin. I know. Which is so cool. I know. I, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. That's cool. There's a lot of fangirling in this episode for me. Um, but, yeah, the other thing that's interesting about the, the superheroes... The, the old superheroes are... There's nostalgia for the old superheroes. Not so much the new ones. The new ones are... The new ones are... What's different about the superheroes of now is they're more bloody. They have no regard for human life. Whereas no code. The, no. The, right. The old superheroes were about protecting the people. And Superman was the last vestige of that. And Superman is gone. And it's, it's mentioned that he's gone. It's been years. Do they, I don't know if they say the exact number, but it's, it's been a long time. They don't, but it's been a long time. Enough that Superman, they make it goes, very evident it's been a long Superman time. goes gray, which is hard for a Kryptonian to go gray. Because they last for a long time. So yeah, the superheroes now are just, they're horrible. And it's almost like a lot of people have lost faith in superheroes, which is unfortunate. Including Norman. Norman's totally lost his faith. He has to, at one point in the beginning of the book, he is walking through downtown, and a little girl is about to be killed by falling debris, and he jumps in and saves her because no one else will. Like, the superheroes, that's their job. And he's like an old dude. So it was like an operation. Not an operation, but much more strenuous for him than a superpowered individual. Right. Just step in. Excuse me. So the next thing that happens to Norman after he's kind of... You you just listen to him soliloquy for a little bit about the current state of the world. And then the Spectre shows up. The Spectre. Now, John, you're a huge Spectre fan. I know you have all those Spectre comic books and all those uh, posters on your walls. I mean, you've seen the Underoos. <laughs> Tell us a <laughs> about the Spectre, John. He's a character. He is a character. Uh, in uh, in this, this work... He serves as a being from the other side. Specifically. Well, yeah, we don't know until the end. Norman believes him to be an angel. He is actually sent by God. By God, God. The creator of the universe in the DC universe. And he's an angel of wrath. Which is so sick. It's so sick. (laughs) But what... So, yeah, so what does the Spectre do? The Spectre um, needs Norman to guide him along. And the Spectre shows Norman... It, it reminded me a lot of A Christmas Carol, where they you were know there what? but not there. That's a really good uh, analogy. That's just what... Because, like, they, he could see these events happening, but he was incorporeal. He could speak and not be heard by them, not interrupt, that sort of thing. So that's what it reminded me of heavily. The only difference is eventually Flashpoint. There's a lot of differences. <laughs> There's a ton of differences. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. So... Spectre, Spectre comes to him and says, oh, I was going to take Dodds, but like, he's dead, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, because so. now, now McKay has the visions, mm-hmm. so he needs McKay. So he takes him, and the first place he brings him is to this farm where there's a really handsome man with no shirt on holding Hashtag things. Dead bod, Hashtag dead bod. <laughs> oh, my God. Superman looks pretty good still. And you find out it's Superman. And he, what's cool is he just lifts a tractor. Yeah, because you're like, is that? And then he yeah. picks a tractor up, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, Norman goes, Norman goes, he looks familiar. And then, oh, well, it's not Superman. <laughs> it's clearly Superman. 
what I love about this book is it's like one of two books that is Superman based that I love, and uh, it's so good. It's so, John. It's so good. it's so pretty. Uh, I love it. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, they see Superman. He's like, well, why did you bring me here? And Spectre's like, hold on. Well, first, McKay's like, this is impossible. This looks like a farm in the Midwest. Right. This is impossible. And you find out why. And why? Why is, the, why is it impossible? Uh, so, there was this guy. I, oh, I forgot his name. The bad dude. Magog. 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 And he... We'll just do his whole thing now. Uh, he stopped someone. Superman was... He stopped the Joker. And the Superman did not stop the Joker. Because stopping the Joker in this instance required the Joker to die. Well, he stopped the Joker and arrested him. Yeah, he, he but Magog killed the Joker. Mm-hmm. And the city was like, look at this guy. He's great. What's What's significant about who the Joker killed is who did the Joker kill? Who did Lane. He destroyed the Daily Planet and yep. killed Lois Lane. Kill and Lois Superman Lane. still couldn't do anything. He still didn't do anything. And unlike the Injustice Universe... <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Superman took some took some hint time, mourning, stepped away, that was it. The reason that he steps away, you find out later. We'll talk about when we get to there. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're confused as a, as a Superman fan. Like, well, wouldn't Superman still stick around? Wouldn't he just, like take down Magog or like, that's crazy who I found out who Magog was a reference to he was the bringer of, bringer of the apocalypse in the bible oh uh, okay one of them not 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 one of the four horsemen but he is um like he's someone's son J- Jacob or something like that son we'll get to it Jeremy's got a yeah thing I have a thing here. for it so why don't you talk about what happens next uh Diana Diana is there. Diana referencing... Wonder Woman. Right. Of course. And they're talking, reminiscing a little bit. Um, She goes to call him uh, Clark, and then she corrects herself and says Cal, which is something I noticed very distinctly in this book. Is that he he focuses on mm -hmm. Superman as opposed to his man. Yeah, Yeah. The man part of it. The super has become bigger than the man. Yeah, and it's also revealed that anyway so Magog in this huge battle they had he there's a was it a bomb was it so yeah so, so Magog so they were fighting Magog in, and in his Kansas. people were fighting in Kansas they were fighting um, the parasite and what the parasite's issue is is anytime you hit him he gets he can absorb it and get stronger yeah. like a parasite and he attacked the atom or uh, somebody captain Adam, I don't know one of the atom base people and he literally split him causing a an atomic eruption yeah that which destroyed, destroyed the midwest yeah all the midwest except for illinois what's up maybe uh, it's no, it says it says the states it was I, like idaho nebraska whatever oh, okay the ones that are right right, right around candace we lived <laughs> nuclear fallout homie <laughs> but that's what's significant about that is yeah so, it's a lot of people dead but it's our farmland that's how we make most of our food here in America that we don't have to buy from other people. That's cows. That's wheat. Corn. That's the three major food groups right there. That's huge. Yeah. <laughs> there's your protein. There's your carbs. We um, got potatoes. We got yeah. uh, fruit. And we have cheese. That's all we got left. So this farm falls away and you realize it's it's an illusion or a hologram projection in the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, so it's not really... 
It's not real fun. It's just it's just the force. And you also had that when Superman left, so too did the Justice League proper. Some of them stuck around. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, but the ones you'd think of, they're they're not doing the Justice League thing. Yeah, and some of them stick around a little bit. Like Hawkman is a eco terrorist, which is just is just a mean way of saying that he protects the environment. God, yeah. God forbid someone does. The Flash runs around one of the cities. I believe it's Coast. No, it's Sup- It's Keystone City. He runs around Keystone City at all times, just like 24-7, always saving people. Green, Green Lantern has his own, like, ring-created space city in the sky. It's so metal. That is awesome. And Aquaman retreated to the oceans, and Wonder Woman retreated to Themyscira. Yes. Some but- people are still around. Like, there's plenty of superheroes are still around. But what none about, of the good ones. What about the Batman? <laughs> the Batman created a police state in Gotham with his... Uh, Bats. He was brutally injured in something that we fi- we find out later it was Two-Face and Bane came and destroyed the manor when Bruce Wayne's mm-hmm. identity was revealed. So he's like, can't do it anymore on his own because he's just a guy, as my Alex Ross painting behind me will indicate. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> It's, it's fine. So he doesn't have a problem. I actually have a rough justice uh, Alex Ross right there. It's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's really good. Focus. anyway focus. I'm on Alex Ross. I can't focus. <laughs> I just want to talk about the man. So in so in Gotham, there are these bat bots, which like there's a really great splash page for it, and they protect Gotham City. So the point is, everyone's gone, and <laughs> there's just horror left. So Wonder Woman's trying to get Superman to come back. The gang back together. She just wants, she's like, come back like we need your hope. That's what they keep saying is hope, hope, hope. Because what does the S represent, John? Hope. On here, it's here on Earth, it's just an S. <laughs> no, I'm Hope Man. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie. But, uh, so then we flash quickly to a bridge. The Spectre takes, like you said, it's. I didn't make that analogy, but it's a really good analogy. The Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas night Carol. before Christmas. Very different. <laughs> You're right. I was thinking night before Christmas, not nightmare. <laughs> Either way, they're both wrong. <laughs> Christmas Carol, where he's able to just like flash into different points, but the Spectre can't see the future. That's really important. Correct. And that's he, why he needs McKay, because he's having visions of McKay the is technically guiding them, mm-hmm. but the Spectre can keep them both ethereal, yeah. so they won't get hurt. And they're seeing a, a shootout, a literal shootout, where innocent civilians are being shot and hurt, and... Who should jump in to save them? Superman. Look up in the sky. And this is my favorite Superman S. I love it. It's just very like simple, and it's got a little bit of black behind it. Look how beautiful Alex Ross draws Superman. It's Alex Ross is perfect. I was so shout out to Michelle, um, an artist friend of ours. I was helping her and our friend Matt friend of the show Matt move yesterday in Milwaukee and she I was talking to her and she's like well Babs Tar is the best artist and I go well no Alex Ross is and she goes you can get out of my house and I go no 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 just wait a second Babs Tar is great I love Babs Tar she's number two for me and Jill Thompson's number two she's number three <laughs> I said just come look at what Alex Ross does and she goes does he paint this I was like yeah he paints it it's it's not digital it's paint she goes oh okay that's like a different league that's amazing <laughs> So I convinced, I convinced an artist to like another artist. Like, yeah, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good. So the first issue ends. Well, the, he- the first heck issue of a tangent, by the way. largely world building. But the first issue ends with, oh, Superman's back. Maybe this, this whole Armageddon thing won't happen after all. Then it's so Superman burning. And then Norma Kay's like, oh, dear God. Yeah. 
It's it's a vision of him burning, not him actually burning. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, it's not over. And each issue begins with very cryptic verses from the Book of Revelation, with equally cryptic art. What's cool about it, which is really, is sweet. you always see it later. Yeah, I love that. I, I don't know if I've told you, but Alex Ross is the best. I'm noticing that now on second blush. Mm-hmm. Because I'm recognizing this panel. This panel is when. Mm-hmm. They're all flat, yeah. And now, now you read the book. Look at the quotes. The quote says, on this on issue two, it says, "And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar, and of the seven angels prepared themselves to sound, to sound. Those seven angels. How many? So this panel we're going to see later is." The seven heroes who return. Superman, Hawkman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Power Girl, and Ray. I don't know why they picked Ray. Because Ray is like a Q-list vill- a hero. Tell us about Ray. I don't know anything about Ray. That's the thing. <laughs> like, you could have had... Um, I feel like you could have had another character. Isn't Robin part of that group? Robin, yeah. But this the seven angels coming specifically from the sky are Ray. Those people okay. I just said. And this the picture that we're looking at, which is the fire... So that comes back. So I thought that was cool because it relates to those images. But yes, Red Robin, or he's Robin in this. Yeah, it it's is Dick Robin. Grayson. But it's a very Batman reminiscent suit. So it, it, it is. I thought it was. You're supposed to. And there's a panel where you just see the the cowl, and you're like, oh my god, it's Batman. It's not. And these seven, John, where do they go? This is actually one of my favorite parts of the book. They go to Ellis Island because they're. The, the image there was in a torch. Mm-hmm. And I said, torch is a Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is, there's these super-powered humans who are just going like, no, we don't want your kind. This is America. They're called the Americamandos. Oh, no, the Americamando and his Minutemen. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so they're yelling about immigrants. Which, I don't know if that was a nod to Watchmen. Probably not, but... I don't think, eh. it, I don't think so. Well, maybe, because Rorschach's Minutemen in this book. Minutemen. Rorschach's in this book? Yeah. Interesting. The bar scene. The villain bar. Rorschach's yeah. I'll show it to you. So, you find out in, like, a next panel, it doesn't really matter, but the, they're being mind-controlled, these Americamandos. Whatever. And Robin stealths it and takes care of that. The point is that the heroes have returned and humans aren't going to get hurt, because they save a ton of lives in this little incident, and they rebuild the Statue of Liberty themselves after it's being broken. It's just showing that those the good heroes are back. And then they go to the UN, and they're like, we're here, we're back, we're going to help. And the UN's and like... the UN are like, finally, the Justice League graces us with their presence. Yeah, the UN's not happy. <laughs> but the UN's not happy. Because they just do these things without consulting them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the Gulag is a thing at this juncture. Not yet. Not yet? Okay, never mind. That, the one, the specific quote that John just read is a little later in the book. It's later? Okay. But they do feel that way, too. They're like, oh, the superheroes are back. But I'll tell you what... That's not going to help the the long run. The UN is big on what's going to help us in the long run is not the superheroes. It's humanity getting a grip on itself. We cannot keep relying on the superheroes, which is true. Yep. Thank God we don't actually have to worry about that. There's no real superheroes. Can you imagine? It would be terrible. <laughs> in current day America, it would yeah. be really bad. Really, really bad. So, Superman then goes to get keep getting the band back together by getting who? The Batman. The Batman. And this is where you find out all about what happened to Batman. John, what happened to Batman? Batman is kind of crazy. He's kind of beat up. (laughs) He's got, like, not a power suit, but, like, brackets on his limbs Mm -hmm. to make him 
more mobile I, mobile, I guess? I don't know. I don't know how to describe it well. It's like... It is like a power suit. It's kind of like Rhodey's legs at the end of Civil War, where they assist him in moving. They're almost like an exoskeleton. Yeah. So this exoskeleton keeps him alive and helps him move. And, you know, Batman's saying, like, listen, I'm too busy. I'm not coming back to the League. You ran off. You can't come to me now and demand that I come back. That's not fair. I have been here working my butt off. I got my house destroyed and presumably Alfred murdered. Yeah, he's not mentioned or addressed at all. His son is with the League of Assassins, who is later in this book. It's not Damien, but, like, it's before Damien was a thing. So Alex Ross took the storyline and made it his own thing. Uh, it's really cool, because Alex Ross is the best. And Mark Wade's pretty great, too. <laughs> but uh, his two sons, Dick and the other guy, whose name is in Arabic and I have trouble pronouncing it, are gone. Like, he has nothing to live for right now, so he just wants to save Gotham. And even if it is a police state, at least they're safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he wrong? Yes, but you, he has reasons why he's doing what he's doing. So he refuses to come back. And he's working with not just himself, but he's working with the Outsiders, who are, in this case, uh, Dinah Lance, the Black Canary, Oliver Queen, Queen, the Green Arrow. Lex Luthor. Not yet. That's later. The Outsider, he's not an Outsider. He's a part of the Mankind Alliance. Liberation Front. Yeah, thank you. The Outsiders are Ted Kord, the Blue Beetle, Green Arrow, and um, Black Canary. Now, there were... A ton of outsiders. Like I have the list here that they that they show later. Like John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern, uh, who is the Alan Scott's daughter, who was the first ever Green Lantern, Obsidian, Kid Flash, lots of people. But what John is referring to is what comes a little later, which is the Lex Luthor Liberation Mankind Liberation Front. We can actually get into that now, John, since we're we're like right there. Yeah. Go ahead. So. <clears throat> big business, Lex Luthor. It's all the best. It's all. It's a bunch of really good villains. Yeah, it's oh, it's so great. It's Luthor, uh, Captain Marvel, Vandal Savage. That's the name. Also, that's Dick. That's Bruce uh, Bruce Wayne's son and Talia Al Zafash. Ibn. They call him Ibn. It's Rachel. He's the heir to the Rachel Ghoul crime family. Selena Kyle, Edward Nigma. Who was only there as a guest of Selena Kyle, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Lord Naga, I'm not with Lord Naga. And yeah, Naga is just a, another villain. Like it's just a lot of like villains. The big ones are Lex Luthor, Vandal Savage, and Bruce Wayne's son, who is the leader of the League of Assassins. And their henchman is Captain Marvel. Hey. Well, it's actually right now it's Billy Batson. Yeah. But he can be Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, which is cool. You, most people may know him as Shazam. That's not actually his name. His name is Captain Marvel. He said Shazam. But that's not here nor there. Whatever. <laughs> so, what's the plan of this Mankind Liberation Front? Their plan is to stir the pot. Their plan is to get the citizens riled up, um, provide arms to, was it the citizens? The metahumans. The metahumans. Um, and just create this huge, huge, huge boiling point that will have to explode. Which they do. Which they eventually do. Because when it explodes and superhumans no longer a big thing, then they have the most to profit off of it. Their 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 goal is mankind overall. Yeah. And what is interesting about this is Superman is going for peace overall. So he actually goes to the villain area and he recruits villains. Or he's trying to recruit villains. Yeah, in general his whole thing is like 
Um, interesting to know. Yeah, Rorschach's in the Rorschach's in this. You can find him. Send him a picture. Send a picture of it to the email, and we'll send you a prize. I don't know what that prize will be. It'll prize be. A, it'll be a picture <laughs> of uh, John and I giving you a high five. That's what it'll be. Um, yeah. So his whole thing is like, you guys are super powered. Here's the deal: you're going to work for the greater good, or you're going to be dealt with. And this is your final warning, pretty much. He's like, those will go peacefully. Be good. And there's some really good villains pictures in here. Before we move on, uh, you have Joker's daughter in here. You have Rorschach in here. You have the what's it, the Creeper in here. There's a lot of amazing ones. Who else do they have? I'm looking through these right now. Lobo is here. One of the Brainiacs. Dr. Savano. Captain Boomerang, Killer Croc, The Elastic Man, or I'm sorry, Plastic Man, Huntress, who else? Who else we got here? There's a lot of them. One who looks like the Green Goblin, but like, it's not, because that's a Marvel property. Mm-hmm. So Superman leaves, and then who should show up but Green Arrow, doing the exact same thing, trying to recruit these same people onto Batman's side. And the issue kind of comes to a close here in a little bit, but before it does, you just see that Superman is starting to do what he wants. His job is, his plan is working. He does start recruiting people in, but for every one he recruits, it seems five don't want to be recruited and he has to figure out what to do with them now. Yeah. So they start to come up with a plan and Diana says, why don't you come in for a second? Let's go to Atlantis and talk to Arthur. So go to Atlantis, talk to Arthur. Um, and their plan is to go, Hey, why don't we build an underwater prison and just throw them here? And he goes, right, because no one's ever thrown their garbage in the ocean before. Not those Z words, but something like it. That's Almost exactly. Um, so, needless to say, Arthur is in no way all about it. And he's like, listen, you guys have to take care of everything above the water. I have the other 70% of the world to take care of, and I am drastically outnumbered. Which I didn't think about that. The world is almost all water. It's yeah. Crazy. So I, I really love that exchange. That's great. And that's also where you find out where Diana yeah, is no longer allowed. Yeah, like exiled from Themyscira. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's a whole thing. Because she didn't do her job, apparently. Yep. So because like, with the chaos of the world, it's seen that she was not the ambassador of peace she was sent to be. Makes sense. Numbers don't lie sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So After that, they go and they find Magog. Yes. In Kansas. And they take on Magog. And you find out that Magog is... He didn't want to be the bloodthirsty nut job he is. He just... it He he says, like, I did what you couldn't do. I am the one that they chose after you left. Because you were the goody two-shoes, 1950s, man of tomorrow, my butt. You're the man of the, ni- you're the, man of the old past. You are garbage, and I am better than you. You were. This is an exact quote. You were afraid that I was the man of tomorrow. You were afraid of the future that I represented. And he says, look around you. This is who I represent. And he's in Kansas. Yeah, it's the wasteland. And Superman says, well, you must be proud. He's not, obviously. And you find out that Magog feels horrible for what he did. And for the rest of this book, he tries to be repentant and tries to fix. Which is interesting. Like that's, They could have really made him the new bad guy. And I like that character switch better. So he becomes one of the captured. Yes. And he's willing to repent and try to do better. Into the Gulag. Mm-hmm. The Gulag only becomes because they tried They tried Apocalypse, they've tried... Atlantis. Atlantis, and they've just thought about maybe th- killing them. And they, Superman's like, no killing. 
we'll just make our own thing. We have they use apocalypse technology like Scott Free, who is uh, a new god created by Jack Kirby, and the leader of Apocalypse is like, here, take this technology, maybe this will help you. You can build it on Earth. But but just we're not going to take them. Well, actually, Apocalypse says you can send them here. But Superman says, I don't want to deport people. That doesn't yeah. seem fair. But maybe you can answer. Maybe you can help me. So, and what's interesting is it's not Darkseid. It's Darkseid's son. Yeah. Who was a good guy named Orion. <laughs> he killed Darkseid. And he took over on accident. Anyway, the gulag is being built. And the issue actually ends with someone walking into the Mankind Liberation Front. And that person is... Bruce Wayne. <gasps> <laughs> End of issue. We are through two of the issues, and they have just been fantastic so far. <laughs> so good. How much does Gulak look like the Legion of Doom? Like, uh, like exactly? Like the Legion? Like it is the Legion of Doom? Like it is the Legion of Doom? Architecturally speaking. Well, he says, Norman Kay's like, this is a little too familiar. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> so yes, they built the Gulag, the prison for the, the super villains, or the super-powered humans who will not reform. Then, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily bad, but need help. Yep. And some of them are, like, crazy, and it's not their fault. Like, know. they don't know. What I think about the Gulag is, inside it seems to be just, like, I don't know, a, an open place where they can just be, and there's a gigantic statue of Superman spouting propaganda nonstop. Yeah. It just repeat <laughs> over and over and over and over and over. It's crazy, Herb. So yeah, so the Gulag's there, and we also get to see now the Mankind Liberation Front. I'm going to skip over. There's some stuff about, like, the gods coming together, like, the Ganthet. Like yeah, you want to talk about yeah. what we can talk about? Go, why don't you talk about it, John? Um, so there appear to be the gods. I only know of, of Ganthet, to be Ganthet? honest with you. The other one is Shazam, the wizard who gives Captain Marvel his powers. And then I believe there's one more, and I think it's... Oh, it's the... the Ranger, the spirit... What's his name? Not the spirit. There's the wizard Shazam. There is that. There's the... the Ganth leader of the Guardian. Ganth of the Guardian. The leader of the new gods, whose name I can't remember, but he is like one of the most powerful DC characters of all time. And then there's the Stranger, I believe is his name. He can see... He's kind of like the Watcher, but not as powerful. But he is considered an overarching character. And they're all watching what's going down, and they're just like, we can't do anything about this. We shouldn't do anything about this. The reason I want to talk about it is there's a quick little quip here from the Spectre uh, that says, uh, Tell me, do you then dwell on the Earth's problems because you are so comically bored? I'm sorry, cosmically bored? Or is it just possible that you congregate in order to prevent each other from interfering? I just like that sentiment. I thought it was really cool. It's interesting. It's interesting. But while this is happening, Norman is left by himself. And he meets one of my favorite side characters. Then you, that was all you, buddy. This is uh, the Dead Man. Or Dead Man is his name. He is... He was a, a trapeze artist, kind of like Dick Grayson. He died. But instead of being dead, dead, like going away, he became a superhero thing. He's in the Justice League Dark. And he's a ghost. He's like he's like a ghost. It's really cool, and uh, this representation of him is great. He's a skull, and he's a skeleton. Normally, he's just a guy who's very pale, and he can like go through walls and do all the traditional ghost stuff. But he kind of tells he just talks to Norman for a little bit, and I thought that was a little interesting aside. Superman and Woman have a heart to heart 
Yeah. Because Super, um, Superman didn't know that Diana was exiled from Themyscira. Yeah. He found out when they were in Atlantis talking to Arthur. So this is the first time she opens up about that. My apologies, everyone. Quick aside. Out of nowhere, as soon as I started recording, I became very congested. So, it happens. Sorry. That, anyway. It's that time of year. <laughs> Pollen and it's stuff. I feel like it's been that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Months. I don't know. Maybe you're allergic to my charming personality. <laughs> Probably not. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah. So, that's a neat little aside with um, Superman and Wonder Woman. But next, we've, the next thing we find out is pretty interesting is about um, why Shazam is serving Lex Luthor. He can't help it. He's, he's being brainwashed by, by these little parasites. Little yeah, there's parasites. like a brain maggot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Savannah is the like main Shazam bad guy, and he's the one who created them. He probably never got to use him because like, the real bad guy never gets to. Like This is the future. Um, I don't know. Somehow, Lex Luthor got a hold of him. And it, like, what, erodes the brain? Kind of. It erodes parts of the brain that, like, have inhibitions. And it just makes you follow whatever the person's saying. So, Billy Batson's, like, without control. Like, he can't control it. That's one of the cool kids. He has to be. So, yeah. So, Batman and Lex are building these... uh, Essentially Sentinels. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's what I put I think it's like super powered, like bat bots, but like they're really sentinels. Mm hmm. Giant robots to fight super powered individuals. John Jones makes a really fast appearance, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, could you just handle that? Because I was looking Absolutely. So, what this was, you later find out, is that he is there solely to find out who that. They don't know who the person is. Um, they don't know who Billy Batson is. Because the last time they met Billy Batson, he was a child. This is much more than the future. He's a full-grown adult. They don't so know that Shaz- they don't know it's Shazam. They just know he's a big guy. And they're like, who is that? That's weird. Like, why is he working for him? It, or maybe it, it's either that or it's that's Shazam. Why is he working for him? And then Marsh Manor is able to tell him quickly. You don't find this out now. You find out at the end of the book. You find out. He says that's Billy Batson. He's being controlled. Like, just so you know, that's Captain Marvel. You're in huge trouble. And then John Jones leaves because he is so... He has, like, PTSD from being a superhero. Which I is, thought he died? No, he can walk through walls. Is that what's going on in that panel? Yeah, he's just leaving. He's, okay. he's taken off. Yeah, he's in, kidding, he's, he's in his human form talking to Bruce. All I know of that character and, I learned from Supergirl. So That's not much. That's all I got. That's fair. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's what's going on there. Superman continues to watch over the world, and then Flash, all out of nowhere, pulls Norman because Norman is not in like a dream. He's there. Uh, he's he's like a, phasing. He's on like a different plane of existence. Kind of, yeah. So the Flash, who can phase, grabs Norman's like, "Who are you?" And they're like, "Who are you?" And Diana's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And this is like right after Norman was postulating that like the Flash lives between planes. He's the yeah. one being that like cannot it's, be contained by just one. Like I just I love that it's Jay Garrick's Flash. It's really cool. It really, again, really goes drives home what they're doing with the golden age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all like, "Who are you?" And Norman tells him, "He's like, listen, there's an apocalypse coming." Everyone's like, "No, there's not. Everything's fine." No, there's an apocalypse <laughs> out in space. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different planet, you idiot. But as he says that, an alarm goes off that something hor- that the gulag is being that they're all getting out of the gulag, and he's like, "Well, that's." Like, perfect time. And then Norman's gone. Yep. 
So some of the superheroes are deciding they're going to go to the Gulag. Others are staying there in case they need to be called them later. They're, they, Diana thinks I can handle this. Yeah. Or or no, Green the whole Lantern. Thing too with can this handle. is Diana's like, cool, we got to go fight, and Clark is like, no, we can't go kill them. She's like, listen, I'm a warrior. You're not. Mm-hmm. We need to handle this now. You have to act now, and you are incapable of doing it properly. Yeah, she's she's always been. Clark says he's like, you've always been more rational. What's going on? She's like, no, fight, kill if we have to. You, this is the best way to get peace is by fighting, and if you have to, you kill. It's just part of the the thing. And Clark's like, I don't. Yeah, agree like a with true that. warrior knows that. I don't agree with that. And in the end, Diana wins. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, this is what's happening. Green Lantern, Power Girl, and Ray go. Guardian, you guys get out of here. Go. Yeah. Go to the Gulag. Fix this. They decide to go to the UN, Clark and Diana, and they're just telling them about it, telling them about the Gulag, telling them where it is, which will come in. Yeah, and they're like, oh, well, thank you for letting us know of this gigantic multi-million dollar superhero prison in the middle of Kansas. That you already built. Yeah, and that already you already full. built. <laughs> like, like, thanks for consulting us. And they're mad. Because understandably, and, and like, because I think they, I think it's them makes a point where, like it or not, Superman is a world leader, you know, and he you gotta should start acting adhere like to the same bylaws everyone else has to adhere to. Yeah, and she wants him to start being more decisive at the end of that exchange, which is very her. Mm-hmm. Hundred <laughs> percent. You gotta do the thing. Do the thing. Do the thing. Do it or don't. Like you need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then we flash back to the Mankind Liberation Front, where Bruce enacts his plan to. Psych! It was a double cross. I'm not a bad guy, thank God. <laughs> I cannot handle a bad guy. Batman is a bad guy. And they take down the Mankind Liberation Front from inside, but Shazam panics, says the word, and gets out. And Billy he, says the word. Billy says the word. You're right. My bad. And Captain Marvel is now heading towards the Gulag. Yeah. That's bad. The Gulag, the people who went to the Gulag, John, are they succeeding? Uh, so it could be going better. <laughs> It technically could be going worse, though. Yeah. Technically. Can we take a minute to talk about Wonder Woman's armor? How sick it is? <laughs> There's another like book that Alex Ross did called Justice. and Or is it The Kingdom? Justice. It's very similar to this, but it takes place before this happened, and they all get armor. And it's so cool. And hers, like, it, it, it's, the whole point of it is... They need it to fight a certain enemy, because of course. So the metal men design armor for all of them, and no one's face is showing, and it looks really cool. So and her armor looks like that. Her like, armor like is like a golden eagle with spangled accents. You know, because America and Themyscira. And her face, like the the helm, is the mouth of an eagle. Like her face is in the mouth of an eagle, it's and so it's the sick. coolest thing ever. It's so sick. And she takes her armor, and she puts her armor on to go to the gulag. Yep. Superman still doesn't agree, so he, like two seconds before she can leave, flies to Bruce. He's like, no, knock off your little act. you got to come help me. And Bruce is like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to, maybe, but like, I don't know. But here's the deal. Captain Marvel's on his way, and it's going to get really bad. Because Captain Marvel, powered by magic, magic, super good against Superman. Mm-hmm. Just like Diana's sword. So, yeah. so Superman rushes to the Gulag to try to stop everything that's happening. But before he can get there all the way, Captain Marvel shows up. Mm-hmm. And Armageddon has arrived. 
We now transition to the final book. Called Never Ending Battle. It's so good. And it is. There's just a, a huge battle happening at the Gulag. But what's happen what's more important is what's happening at the UN. They're deciding whether or not to use these K not K bombs. No, that's a kryptonite. You're thinking that that's a kryptonite they mention bomb. It, yeah. yeah, Oliver mentions that earlier. This is these are bombs that are so strong. Multi megaton nuclear explosives. Multi megaton nuclear blast. Yeah, that's crazy. And they're gonna drop it. Uh, one of the robins drops. I'm gonna go drop them. Genuinely, not fathom how big that is. It's big enough. <laughs> it's big enough that they said the nuclear fallout won't be that bad. That some people will live, but all the superheroes will die. Yeah. So they decide. You know what? One of these would probably do the job. We're gonna send not two, but three. Yep. And they do. And Batman's team shows up, and they're also helping Clark battle because because Wonder Woman's taking it upon herself to kill everybody. And Batman's like, "Nah, dude, we're not gonna do that." And Batman and Wonder Woman end up going into the sky, and they see the planes coming. They each take one of them because there's three, and they disarm they disarm two of them, but one gets through. Now you'd think, John, Superman could probably fix that, right? He can fly up and get it. Why can't Superman go get it? What's happening to Superman right now? Uh, he's fighting Shazam. And Shazam is Shazamming the heck out of him. Yeah. Shazam, crack of lightning. Shazam, crack of lightning. Magic lightning. So it's really mm. hurting Superman. So that's happening for a little bit. But then Clark sees the bomb falling. They fight for a while, but Clark then sees the bomb coming toward right where, they're, right where they are. I jumped. Uh, there's a lot of fighting I jumped ahead of. Yeah, you did. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, we're doing we're doing the what's important. We're hitting the cliff notes, you know. Doing it live. All right. <laughs> so Clark puts his hand over. He tries to blow over, it up, but he can't. Yeah, but he puts his hand over Captain Marvel's mouth. So the hand over his mouth, he cannot say the word. Obviously, because then that's how for people who don't know, um, that's how he that's how he uses his power yep. by saying the word. And he says to him, "Listen." Here's the thing. This bomb goes off. Okay? It's going to be bad. If it goes off, we're all going to die. If it doesn't go off, then we still got the problem. If anyone can see this problem from all the sides, it is you. If anyone, you, Billy Bradson, are the person who has been the most human and also the most super. The god like You the live man. the two lives. You can genuinely go between the two lives. So, he says... Take my hand off your mouth, and you need to decide. Bailey just kind of stands there. Superman goes up to get, take the bomb. He sees the crack of lightning come down. Shazam flies past him, grabs him, rips him to the ground. Mm-hmm. And sh- instead, Shazam detonates the bomb above all the superheroes. Yeah. Now, not all the superheroes die. No, but what survivors. We, what we do see here is that Clark is furious. He does not see that they're survivors. He flies off towards the UN to go give them a piece of his mind. And Norman's like, listen, you got to let me get there. I can talk to Superman. I can stop this. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill everybody. Superman is a ticking time bomb. Like, it's just a matter of time before he goes off. So he does. Starts to go off. But Norman makes himself appear. By go off, we mean 
tear the roof of the UN down. Literally. And, like, <laughs> go to throw it at the people inside. So Norman kind of talks him off the ledge with a really nice speech. You know, he says... You blame yourself for Captain Marvel for Magog in Kansas for ten years that ended today. Yes, you're angry, but in that anger you're forgetting what's more, uh, once more how humans feel, what they fear. They won't forgive you for this, Clark. Forgive yourself. He also calls him Clark. Mm -hmm. An ongoing theme that we haven't really touched upon a whole lot is that everyone goes, Clark, Cal. Clark, Cal. But he exclusively calls him Clark. He says right here, this is to go off that. Your, all of your powers, your greatest has always been your instinctive knowledge of right and wrong. It was a gift of your own humanity that you never had to question your choices in any situation, any crisis. You knew what to do, but the minute you made the super more important than the man, the day you decided to turn your back on mankind that completely cost you your instinct, that took away your judgment. Take it back. If you put the super in front of the man, then you're not a human anymore. That's the argument being made here. And you know what? As a man, he can make it right. He finds out that there were survivors, thank God. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the Green Lantern was able to shield some people. That other people were able to shield somebody. Flash was able to run and catch some people. There's enough people still alive, good and bad. Dr. Fate saves a ton. Doing his best uh, cloak and dagger impression. He was able to save some, too. And, uh... That was a pretty good cloak. The, the issue is still is that there are enough superpowered people that the the, the initial the original issue is still there. Mm-hmm. The the too strong preying on the too weak. It's going to happen. So what are they going to do? So well, they said they're going to work. They're not going to fix everything for them. They're going to fix everything with them. Using Captain Marvel's cape as a sign of intelligence and forethought. Yes. And as the world leader, he puts it up the flagpole. I wonder whose country he took down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. <laughs> Screw you, Italy. Maybe it's America. Maybe it is America. Who knows? Who's to say? I'm not a doctor. Um, but then that, that signifies... Uh, there's a lot of imagery here, and I just love the fact that, like, he's a world leader. Now what he represents is on the flag. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Because it, was, was it always was on the flag, but then he took... I mean, his, his emblem stopped being... Gold, blue, and red. It started, and then it was just red and black. Black, yeah. Lost of humanity. Lots of symbolism. So, the world starts to rebuild itself. Uh, Batman turns his bat bots into essential nurses. He actually changes his color scheme from black and yellow to black and dark gray to white and red. I love that. It's, so, it's like a nurse. Mm-hmm. It's like a hospital. And he turns Wayne Manor into a hospital with the with like Lex Luthor working for him mm-hmm. with like a shot collar on. Uh, Themyscira welcomes Diana back. Gives her a crown, finally. Thank goodness. <laughs> and on Themyscira, you see Magog, and you see Joker's daughter, and a few other villains are there, and they're going to learn. Mm-hmm. They're going to be taught, which is cool. Superman starts to rebuild the farmlands of Kansas. He was able to use... Which he does with a huge memorial, first of all. Mm-hmm. And him and Ray are able to kind of, like, get rid of the radiation, which is yeah. cool. And Wonder Woman... I, I absolutely love this scene. Wonder Woman comes in, and she gives him a gift. To help him see help things him more see clearly. see things more clearly. 
that gift. Glasses. A set of spectacles. Yep. As Clark Kent spectacles to make him see more clearly and be human. Yep. I love that. To give him more perspective. Now the whole book, Norman and the Spectre have been our our uh, POV, and Norman was told at the beginning of the book by the Spectre, you need to decide who I punish. And at the end of that fight, it's who's going to be punished? Supers? Humans? Who? Tell me. And now Norman's back with the Spectre again, and he says, so who who did you punish? And the Spectre says, nobody. They were punished enough by their own deeds. They were punished fine. And, you know... And Norman says, I, you know, I, I heard you used to be a man once. What would What would he have done? And the Spectre removes his hood and says, that's an excellent question. And it doesn't matter if you know who the guy is. I don't actually remember the... I don't know the person's name who becomes a Spectre. But it's just the... It's the humanity at the end of this book. And it talks about hope. And you're going to exist to hope. You're going to help people hope again. On the epilogue. Which is awesome. (laughs) One year later. Uh, uh, Diana and Clark return to Planet Krypton... With, but like, long-haired Superman. Incognito, but, like, not incognito. Because, like, no one dresses like Diana dresses. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's fine. Um, but, yeah. like, Batman makes the point. Like, no one's going to recognize us if we came in fighting people in our costumes. It doesn't matter. And they talk, and it turns out... Diana and Clark are pregnant. They're expecting! And Bruce is like, yeah, you're pregnant, I know. And they're like, what? What? People are going to surprise you. And they're like... He's like, I'm a detective. Like, Diana, you're an immortal Amazon, but you've put on a couple pounds. Like, I can tell you're pregnant. Like, it's fine. And she goes, okay, well, I want you to be the godfather. And he's like, what? What? Like, full-on spit take. Like, glasses move up and down the face. Like, he's never been surprised before, but this just shocked him. So they want Clark, or they want Bruce to be the godfather. And he's like, you're giving me reign over the most powerful child in the universe. And they talk. They just this, the epilogue is great because they just sit down and they this talk. This conversation is actually pretty dense. I do recommend you read it yourself. There's a, there's a, just a ton. Going Too much on. for us to talk about. Just they they just they touch base on like what's going on for the year, and and there's just it's just interesting. And they leave, but just as they're leaving, you see the Spectre and Norman are having lunch together. And Superman pauses. Batman. Or Batman. Batman. Yeah, Batman pauses. It's like, oh, it's just oh, maybe not. He just no, walks actually, up. it is Clark. No, it's no, not. It is, it's it Bruce. Is it's Bruce. I'm sorry. Egg on my face. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and so then that's just where the book ends. Just with happiness and hope for mm. humanity and a better mm. future. Mm. Alex Ross's wonderful art. It's such a good book. What do you think, John? I really liked it. If you had to give it a grade. Guess. Guess the number. <laughs> Out of ten. Out of ten? This is really hard for me for some reason. I'll go with an 8.5. 8.5? That's yeah. pretty high from John. Oh, 8.5. It's pretty high. It's a great book. And we're going to read something next week, uh, but we're going to talk about that in the outro. this week john I had a good time i had a great time i'm minus like allergies right. yeah what are you gonna do uh next week we're reading john's trash we're reading 100 X- x-men the dark phoenix saga 
Written by Chris Claremont and drawn by John Byrne. It's going to be good. An oldie but a goodie. Ooh, I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited. I've never uh, never read any Dark Phoenix, but I have read X-Men from this era. I read Days of Future Past, and it was rough. It's not It's not a great... It's fine. It's fine for what it is. It's fine for what it is. But um, I didn't want to talk about this in This Week in Geek. We just ran out of time. We're a little bit long. Yeah. But John and I found something really cool. We found the Thor Ragnarok post credit scene. It leaked. The script leaked, not the actual scene. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, the I script leaked. I apologize. Um, we found it, though, and we, we were able to print it off before it was taken off the internet, because it was taken off almost immediately. Yeah, but, but once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. Right, and John's on a lot of dark web uh, Marvel sites, Obviously. just like trolling for after credit scenes, so we found it. So we're actually going to read it right now. So it's an exclusive. In the scene are Hulk and Heimdall only, so should we read it like that, or sh- can we act it out? I want to act it out. I don't care if you do. I'm going to be Hulk. Do you want to be Heimdall or no? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Interior. As Guardian Dining Commons, Hulk enters bruised and bloodied to find Heimdall keeping watch. Well, what's all this then? Hulk fighting tiny Canadian in-fight machine. You mean the Battle Matrix? <laughs> Where milk for me lucky charms? Not in the fridge? Probably still in the Bilgeschnipe. Where me get that? We'll have to wait for Thor to awaken so he can get it. Where Thor? He was celebrating a bit too hard last night, had too much grog. So he... Hammered. Hulk puts on shades. What are you doing? Doing that thing from CSI Miami. Well, stop it. Sorry. So what we do now? Take matters into our own hands. More like utters in own hands. Utter nonsense, more like. The two hop on metal unicorns and ride off into the sunset. What? What are they doing? (laughs) This is a backdoor pilot. To... Hulk and Heimdall. H2. That's a podcast week. Bye. Follow us on Twitter at Talk and Trades. You can follow Jeremy at LizardKing27 and John at MaesterLaka, M A E S T E R L A K A. Also, find us on Facebook at Talk and Trades. All music provided by bensound.com. Remember, we're not experts, we're fans. <laughs>